Hello, and welcome to the Timeless Mama podcast. My name is Robbie Biddle. I plan to share some of what I've learned about faith, family, natural living, and homemaking. I'm a Christ follower, wife, and homeschool mom of five, soon to be six children. My prayer is that this podcast would encourage, challenge, and equip you in your family life and home. Over the past 10 years, I have learned a lot about faith, marriage, motherhood, natural living, and general homemaking, cleaning, cooking, running a home, and I am passionate about sharing those things as a form of Titus II ministry. Hello and welcome. Today, I'd like to share some parenting advice that I love. My favorite bits of parenting advice I've picked up over the years. Um, And when people do ask for advice, what I tell them. Um, Let's face it, even if, you know, you don't ask for advice as soon as you announce that you're expecting, parenting advice comes flooding in. You know, sometimes you ask for it, and most of the time you don't. Um, You know, and today it's so easy to blow off advice. Um that we receive for various reasons. Like, how dare, you know, you tell me how to do this. But um, I do believe that you really need to sift through the advice and consider the sources and do your research on it. It could be a good lead to something um, that works great for your family. Um, So, being teachable, I guess, is a good um, place to start. Um, we can blow off all the advice. We can raise our children however we want. The Bible says that there's great wisdom in contemplating um, advice and to um, seeking counsel on important things. And raising your children is one of the most important things that you can do. Um, because, you know, you have no idea what their lives will impact, um, you know, who will be reached for the gospel through their life. Um, you know, in, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, wisdom in, excuse me, um, you know, really doing your own research Um, and, you know, not just taking something hook, line, and sinker. Um, Titus 2 says that older women are to instruct younger women. Um, And that kind of implies that younger women should remain teachable and at least opening open to hearing their advice and weighing it against scripture. Um, Proverbs 11, 14 where there is no guidance, the people fail, fall. But in, a, in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs fifteen twenty two, Without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. Um, you know, being teachable and saying, Hey, I don't know everything there is to know about it. You know, there is great value in that. And being willing and open to learning. You do need to consider the source. Um, you know, taking the, sor- 
the source of the advice given is important. You know, is it scriptural? Does it go against God's word? Has this scripture been taken out of context? Um, secondly, is this from an experienced parent? Or is this, um, you know, someone who has a lot of experience in the field? Before I was a parent, I worked with children for, I had Bobby when I was 28. I, like, it, I worked with young children from the time that I was 15 um, up until I took a little break when I got married. So that was 10 years. So I had experience with the young children. Um, and thirdly, what was the outcome for this person given the advice? Um, how have their children turned out? You know, yes, despite the best parents, some children do turn away. But overall, has their parenting advice born good fruit that you can see in the lives of their children? Um, you know, so these are definitely some things to consider when you're considering the source of the advice being given. Um, the bits of advice coming up are things that I love and have implemented with success in our family. Um, the first one is letting them let go first. Um, I cannot remember where I read this, but when hugging your child, let them let go first. It might surprise you how long they would like to hug for. Um, I find that I am quite often surprised how long even my 10-year-old still wants to hug for. So I always let them let go first. Uh, research everything. Um, so many moms just go with the flow and, you know, that's how I was raised. That's, you know, just what everybody does. Um, and don't really take the time to look into things. You know, the foods that we ate in the 80s and 90s are not the same as they are today. Um, there are n new ingredients being used. I know that, you know, McDonald's stopped using tallow to fry their fries. Um, and now they use seed oils. You know, so there's, you know, it's not the same food. It's not the same programming. It's not the same world. We do not live in the same world. Um, when I was pregnant with my first, I had a, a friend who told me to research everything. And that is like the best advice. Do it. You know, from diapering options, cloth diapers have come a long way. Um, and the ingredients in conventional diapers... Um, inserts for anything given to your child at the doctor's office, um, function of the foreskin and circumcision, uh, car seat safety, all things labor and birth and how physiological birth happens, um, baby wearing, breastfeeding, interviewing doctors for your baby. You know, it can be overwhelming, all the things to research, but pick a topic and go for it. You know, baby steps in parenting. You know, you could do a brain dump of things 
that you want to research, you know, keep a running list and then just tick them off as you research them. And as you come to your, um, as you start forming the foundations of your parenting philosophy, you will be your child's advocate. And one that is well-informed is so important and the best equipped to fight for them and their needs. I'm sorry about that. I gesture when I talk, even if nobody is actually watching me apparently and just swiped my microphone right off my desk. Um, let them see you cry and handle emotions. Um, I hate this one personally, like I hate doing it, but it offers such a great opportunity to talk about emotions. Um, and you know, how to deal with big emotions, how to build empathy within them and teach them that it's okay to be sad sometimes, you know, even Jesus wept. Um, but you know, after we've experienced that emotion, after we've let it wash over us, you know, to not wallow in it, to move on and where to go from there, how to handle it really. Um, it is important, you know, if they see you get frustrated, not taking it out on them, but just frustrated and they say what's wrong, I'm as honest as I can be, I'm saying, you know, I'm feeling frustrated right now, you know, um, you know, have you ever felt frustrated? And just, you know, that helps build empathy in them. Um, I grew up in a generation where a lot of not even just men, but especially men were taught that, you know, you, you know, should keep it in, you know, um, real men don't cry. Um, I grew up singing if you're happy and you know it, but there are so many other emotions and we've, um, there's an actually interesting field of books on the subject of emotions. And I plan to share some on those later, you know, especially in church, you know, we're told, um, to, um, in church, we're told to completely discount emotions and feelings. Um, but they are important and dealing with them health in a healthy way is very important. Um, you know, or, you know, if you're happy and you know, it, clap your hands, if you're happy and you know, it, stomp your feet, you know, we, we've been set up there are good emotions and there are bad emotions and you should not be experiencing any bad emotions, especially in the Christian community. And you know what? God gave us those emotions. He designed, um, our bodies and we do live in a fallen world. So we need to know how to handle those things in a godly way. Um, there's a book, I believe it's Wisdom of the Heart, um, that talks about emotions and how they're like a check engine light. Um, 
for things going on in our lives. Like we need to stop and examine things. Um, I think that is true. So teaching children how to, in a healthy way, handle emotions is really important. Um, another important thing uh, is when I mess up, I apologize. Um, I, you know, grew up. I don't know that I ever had anybody apologize like that. Um, growing up when I was in their care, um, aunts or uh, my parents or my grandparents. Um, but really, we, you know, we all love to say that we messed up and we're wrong. We did the wrong thing, right? Mm, no. But apologizing to our children when we have made a mistake is hugely important in teaching them about humility, owning your mistakes, and forgiveness. There's a school of thought that says you should never apologize to your children when you make a mistake because it projects weakness and undermines your authority. I think it's actually a great marker of a leader to admit when they've been wrong and would feel much better about, I would feel much better about following a leader that was honest instead of letting their pride keep them from owning their mistakes and saying, you know, I did mess up. Um, and what the Bible says about pride is not favorable, right? Like pride comes before a fall. It's downright sinful. Um, it doesn't usually end well when a leader is prideful, you know, and you can find Proverbs 16, 18, 19, 1 Peter 5, 5, James 4, 6, Luke 14, 11. You know, we need to be modeling the behaviors we want our children to emulate. You know, Ephesians talks about, um, you know, following Christ as a child follows, right? You know, as children, you know, we're supposed to follow the Lord so that our children will see him in us, right? Um, something I do periodically is the love test for parenting. Um, and that's, you know, opening your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 13. And when you're reading the love chapter, substitute your name for love. You know, Robbie is patient and kind. Robbie does not envy or boast. She is not arrogant or rude. She does not insist on her own way. She is not irritable or resentful. She does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. Robbie bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Ouch. Um, you know, would my mom would my children say that mom is always patient and kind? You know, is mama arrogant or rude to them? Does mama seek her own benefit over others? You know, is mama ir irritable and resentful? Does mom, you know, keep track of wrongs? Does mom rejoice in truth? Does she bear all things? Does she believe the best in me? You know, does she endure all things? And, you know, some other great scriptures that I kind of do this with, um, and like how we interact with our children are um, Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. 
Ephesians 5, 1 through 4, and then 15 through 21, and pretty much the whole book of Colossians. There's so much great stuff there. I actually have a post um, about parenting lessons from Colossians. Um, so you can check that out. I will put it in the show notes. Um, and if I don't, if I ever forget to put anything in the show notes, please let me know. Um, faith at home parenting. Um, when we're parenting, it can be tempting to allow the church to become a faith warehouse, like, you know, Costco, you know, where we go once or twice a week to stock up on and to feed our faith. That's not a sustainable system. Young people that have grown up with this system are leaving the church at an alarming rate. Relationship about Christ is not about a building. And while meeting with brothers and sisters in Christ is important and commanded, it is the day-to-day living that has the greatest impact on our children's faith. Um, It is our responsibility to teach our children about the Lord. Deuteronomy talks about this many times. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, 4, 9 through 10, 11, 18, and 19. Deuteronomy 31, 12 through 13, and Deuteronomy 32, 40, um, 45 through 46. There are so many ways that we need to be building up our children's faith throughout the week and making it about a real relationship with the Lord. And I do have a post about um, faith at home, and I plan on turning that into an episode so keep an eye out for that. Um, I've also shared about it on um, Low Tanner's website. Um, so faith at home is hugely important. Um, praying with them. I've shared before how we make, um, on my blog, how we mo- make prayer part of our days um, in two different posts. I will uh, link those up. Um, but you know, prayer is such a huge part of faith at home. Um, we set, we both set aside intentional prayer time, like at bedtime, mealtime, the mornings. Um, and we also use prayer prompts. So we hear sirens when we're out or even at home, you know, we pray for the rescue workers and the people that they're going to help. Um, or if we see fire trucks out, even if they don't have their sirens on, you know, or that sort of thing, police officers, um, construction workers, when one of them falls down and gets a scratch or hurt, you know, we stop and pray. We see a school bus, we pray for school kids, that sort of thing. Just, um, you know, you can say, okay, guys, when we stop at a stoplight, we're going to pray for missionaries or we're going to pray for fill in the blank here. You know, and using those prompts really makes it quite a part of the day. Uh, Physical touch and connection is just as much a need for a baby and child as food and a clean diaper. Um, And there's a lot of research indicating that physical touch and connection um, have many, many benefits developmentally and emotionally. Um... Eleanor says, 
New mothers are often told that once they fed, burped, and changed their baby, they should leave the baby alone to self-soothe if they cry because all their needs have been to self-soothe if they cry because all of their needs have been met. One day I hope all new mothers will smile confidently and say, I gave birth to a baby, not just a digestive system. My baby has a brain that needs to learn trust and a heart that needs love. I will meet all of my baby's needs, emotional, mental, and physical. I will respond to every cry because crying is communication, not manipulation. Um, I have, you know, babies spend, you know, nine, 10 months, 40 weeks in the womb. And then they're in this strange new world. They have clothes put on them. They don't have the security of feeling snug in their mother. Um, there's disconnect there. And growing up, my mom did not follow cry it out method, but it was often advised that, you know, you should let your baby cry because, you know, it'll build their lungs and, you know, but then you have research where, um, you know, orphanages where babies were just left to cry because there was no option. These children stop crying because they learn that no one's going to respond to their needs. And that's just heartbreaking. I heard a pastor talk about how, you know, his baby was crying and um, they, um, and um, they went in to get him and the baby smiled because he's a sinner and he just wants his way. You know, that is such a messed up um, mindset there. Um, you know, babies are not capable of manipulation for a long time. Their only way to communicate is crying. So, you know, if they're crying, there's a reason, even if it is just, I need a physical connection with you. Um, some babies have colic, um, which a lot of colic is um, tied to the need for chiropractic adjustments um, or oral ties. Uh, oral ties is a whole nother in chiropractic care for children, whole other episodes. But, you know, there's something going on to make that baby uncomfortable. Um, they're trying to express a need that they don't even know how to communicate. Um, so just grace and remembering that physical connection is just as much a need as food and a clean diaper. Um, not judging a habit on the first day or time you do it or week. Um, I have shared about routines and expectations, uh, with children and how important they are. You know, a huge part of that is not judging a habit on the first time, try, week, you know, keep at it until it truly becomes a habit or routine. Um, it's a mental game. Um, and there's some, uh, 
debate as to the true source of this quote. But if you think you can, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. Um, from what I've gathered, uh, this was um, published by the students of Saul Ross State Teachers College. Um, you know, it's accredited to several different people, but truly your mental attitude determines a lot with parenting, your determination, your aim with your children will greatly impact your parenting. If you are constantly focused on the negative, you know, they'll become frustrated with that as well. Um, but if you have a can do at can do attitude, it rubs off on them, you know, growth mindset and, um, just saying, you know, this is hard, but I can do it. You know, um, children have a great capacity to, um, reach bars set for them. Um, it does take help. It does take guidance in reaching for those. But if we never have a bar, um, set very high, you know, they're never going to try to reach anything. Um, you know, there is age appropriateness in setting a bar. There is, um, you know, if your child is neurodivergent, there are things to consider when you're setting those bars. But, you know, if you aim for the moon, at least you'll land among the stars, right? Like, if you have no aim, you're not going to do anything. So aim higher and help your kids reach those um, targets, reach those bars that you're setting for them. Um, treating your children like people. Um, so I don't tell my kids you're all right, you know, when they cry because they've gotten hurt. Um, I wouldn't tell my friend that. I wouldn't tell my husband that. Um, how are children not deserving of the same consideration? You know, I'll say, oh, you got hurt? Let me see. And, you know, okay, you know, we'll go through, you know, can you bend your finger? Can you wiggle your toes? Um, let's see, how can I help you with that? Like, I don't, um, I don't baby them either. I don't, oh, you poor dear, you know, you know, it's kind of like, uh-oh, you fell down. Are you okay? It's so much different than, you're all right, brush it off. Um, and also, you know, it's important to remember that I have bad days too. Grownups have bad days. Um, and kids have bad days too. I have days that I don't want to be around people. I have days when I'm extra tired or I get hangry or I get down and kids have off days like that too. Just like any other person, you know, if our friend is crying on our shoulder because they're struggling with something, we don't downplay that. You know, we, try to give them the emotional validation that they need and we need and try to help them through that. Um, you know, do, do I send my husband to my, to his room when he's having a bad day just to deal with it himself? No, I am there trying to see how I can help, help, help him process 
what he's going through. Um, and beyond that, those things, you know, scripture is full of instructions on how we are to treat people, um, people in general, and brothers and sisters in Christ. And a lot of times we don't apply this to our children, right? Like, you know, we're told to build each other up. That, um, you know, our words should benefit those who are listening. Um, there's so many instructions. Mourn with those who mourn. Just, like, there's so many instructions. Like, if I'm thinking, like, Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians instructions on how to interface with people, those things, they apply to our children as well. Because we interface with them and we set the example in what the Christian um, worldview is supposed to be, right? Um, So it really just helps set a tone and set the example for your children. And it does take intentionality. And another thing is perspective. Like it takes a perspective shift. Um, a game changer for me. Um, what, um, that I read. Is to remember that my child is not trying to give me a hard time. But rather they are having a hard time dealing with big emotions and ideas. And they don't have the vocabulary or the capacity to express those things. When little people um, are overwhelmed by big emotions, it's our job to share our calm, not join their chaos. That's L.R. Noss. Um, When you see a dandelion, do you see a wish or a weed? When you hear a child cry, do you hear a need or a demand? When you wash a sticky face, do you feel blessed or burdened? As parents, our perspective determines our response, and our response determines our children's reality. So let's wish wishes, meet needs, and count blessings to make childhood a magical, peaceful, joy-filled reality for both our children and ourselves. And that's also L.R. Nost. Um, Looking outside of ourselves is another thing that I try to do to help other mamas out. Um, you know, because I've been there, right? Like I have five children and at one time I had four children ages five and under. So like, I know what it's like to have a lot to deal with. So like, I love to reach out to new moms and, you know, other, not even new moms, but moms with more children You know, it's so important. Um, You know, I've had a few friends come alongside me um, when I needed a hand. You know, if you see a mama, give her some encouragement. You know, is her child struggling in the store? You know, you can shoot her looks or you can reassure her, right? You know, a kind stranger is usually a great distraction for a child. Um, Because again, kids get hungry. They get tired. You know, don't just assume you know what's going on, that this is like a spoiled brat and this parent isn't doing her job. 
really encourage her. You know, if her child's melting down, ask her if you can help in any way or look for a specific way to offer to help, you know, hold bags, help her load her car, um, you know, help her grab a few things to put in her cart, help her check out, um, you know, and let her know what happens. You know, we all have bad days. We all feel like melting down. Let her know that it happens and, you know, that she's not a bad mom, right? Like, give her some encouragement. Um, getting to the root cause. Uh, there are so many things that affect children's behavior. Unfortunately, many moms are told that their children are unruly when many of their issues can be traced to diet, lack of sleep, lack of vestibular stimulation, and other environmental factors um, that can have a serious impact on child. Remember, you're your child's advocate. Um, oral ties, for instance, can have a whole host of health issues for children and adults if left untreated. Um, they can lead to poor sleep, sleep apnea, um, car seat discomfort, like my kids, until I learned that that was one of the symptoms of oral ties, um, hated their car seats. Um, many parents don't have any idea about the impact of chiropractic care on the children's system. Um, and that it's not just for major, you know, car accidents or sporting accidents. Um, it is important to find an ICP for kids listed chiropractor if you can. Um, they have, this has a huge impact, um, potty accidents, sleep, um, tummy issues, sinus issues. My children have not had an, uh, ear infection. Um, and my oldest is 10. My next one's eight. And then let's see, 10, eight, six, almost five and a year. And in that time, I, I we haven't had any ear infections. And I really do think that that is related um, to chiropractic care because we go monthly. Um, diet can cause a whole lot of issues and I plan to share on that. Um, I'm not quite sure, like, I'm just recording episodes right now, so I'm not quite sure if I'll actually do the diet before um, this episode or if I will do it later. Um, but removing artificial colors, nitrates, gluten, and corn from our diets, you know, has shown huge behavioral changes for our kids. Um, artificial colors have been linked to aggression as well as um, ADHD symptoms, ADD symptoms. Um, gluten sensitivity can present as ADHD symptoms. Um, corn has been at least, and I say this, very anecdotally linked to um, aggression. Uh, there are stories of moms who have had their children's um, oppositional defiance disorder or ODD 
diagnosis reversed by removing corn from the diet. Um, and I know that my children are a lot less aggressive when they have it. Problem is, is some of these things hide under many names, like corn hides under a lot of names. Gluten hides under several, not as many as corn, but, um, so just being aware of these things, um, as well as the, their diet mentally. Um, and again, this is another episode. Um, there are shows that are designed for children that are younger. However, developmentally, they should be for children that are older and children fixate on the problem more than the problem behavior more than the moral of the story. And I have seen it happen in my own children where they are emulating the problem behavior and they haven't picked up on the moral of the story. So, you know, if your kid's watching a new show or, you know, if they're, whatever is going on, start looking for links, start, you know, a, a diet journal, um, you know, make sure that you're nourishing them. Having a nourished body um, helps a lot of things. Um, junk is easy to give kids. Um, if they're not eating, used to eating healthy foods, they will resist. But as a parent, it's our job to provide nourishing food. Because you put junk in, you're going to get junk out. You know, and this goes on with a lot of things in our children's lives. Um, the media consumed just so many things, but we can find the root cause, um, you know, constipation. I found my son's root cause was gluten. Um, so there's just looking for that root cause, being able to take care of that root cause and not having to manage symptoms or behaviors that are caused from that is so helpful. It does take work sometimes and it does take dedication. However, I find that for us, it's definitely worth it. Um, setting up a healthy relationship with food. Um, I myself find myself trying to unlearn any unhealthy eating habits. Um, to this day, I feel guilty leaving food on my plate because I'm full. Um, while I have shared with our children that they are fortunate to have access to healthy food, we don't force finishing eating. Um, if they do not finish the food on their plate, I try to save it um, for when they are hungry or even the next meal um, and they don't get snacks um, if they don't eat their food provided. Um, so there is a balance there. Um, eating when we're not hungry is a huge trap that many struggle. Americans struggle with, um, and probably not just Americans, but I know that in our culture, we do struggle with that. Allowing children to listen to their body's cues is very important. Um, I am really trying to stop using food as treats. It has a lot to do with the brain wiring when we set up a treat, um, that a treat's to feel good. Um, if we associate feeling good with food, it can lead to using food to feel good and not for how it can nourish our body, which is what food is really about, right? Um, you know, we 
don't force eating. I provide my children with small portions, um, especially if we're trying a new food for them. Um, it can take exposing a child to, to a new food something like 30 times for them to even give it a try. But we just keep exposing them and we always have exposed them to a lot of foods. Um, my kids will regularly eat lettuce because um, that's something that they enjoy. And I'm like, you know what? I really do not limit fruits and vegetables um, during the day. Unless, of course, they haven't finished their meal. Um, as far as snacks goes, you know, they do love fruits and vegetables. Um, we encourage trying new foods. Um, sometimes preparing it a different way really helps. Um, but, you know, just trying to set up those things. Um, that food is not um, necessarily bad or good. Certain foods are not bad or good. Um, as far as, like, you know, sugar is bad, which is not great for you, yes. Um, but I try not to label foods as treats, really. Um, food is about nourishing our body and giving it what it needs to do what it needs to do. Um, talk to them. This, <laughs> this sounds like a no-brainer, but talking to your child is huge. Um, I did get some strange looks in the grocery store narrating um, what I was buying and how it was used um, when I was just talking to a baby. But it builds vocabulary and their understanding of language, their brains in general, as well as your bond with your baby or toddler or child. Um, you know, something on the same lines, but reading to children too is huge. And don't feel like you have to dumb it down. Children can catch on to things much quicker than we often give them credit for. Yes, there are times we need to stop and explain the definition of a word, but that's how they learn. <clears throat> um, also, auditory processing is not fully developed until around age 15. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Sometimes when they say, huh, it's not because they, they are ignoring you or it's just because they truly did not catch what was said. Um, that's when I often get, get on their level and, you know, there's debate about eye contact, but I try to get their eye, try to get their eyes and deliver the important message that I was trying to communicate. Um, so you're really talking to them as you would a person. It does so much for their development. Um, do not talk badly about your children, especially in front of them. Words are so powerful. Um, and I'm going to share about the weight of words. You know, you have the choice to build up or to tear down, to speak life or to speak death. That sounds dramatic, but think about how you would feel if you overheard someone talking about you the way that you talk about your children. Even jesting can wear away at a person over time just as water dripping will wear away at rocks. They begin to believe what is um, said about them is truly how that person feels. Now, I grew up in a family that said, you know, if I, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't pick on you. If I didn't care about you, I wouldn't waste my breath on you. 
But when those words are harmful, that's not okay. Um, so, you know, how would you feel if you heard somebody talking about you the way you talk about your children? And would it change how you felt about that person and your relationship with that person? Um, you know, remembering that they are watching you. Um, you know, it's scary. But when we're parenting, we must remember that they are always watching us, absorbing from us. We set the tone of our homes, the way we conduct ourselves, how we walk with the Lord, and what we allow in our homes all sets a huge example for our children. Um, so just a whole lot of things to consider. Um, and, you know, I've alluded to other topics um, that I plan to share about in the future or that I already have shared about. Um, and I will try to... Um, link stuff in the show notes. If I forget, please let me know. I would love to connect with you. Um, and I would love to hear your favorite bit of parenting advice. You can connect with me over on Facebook or Instagram at Timeless Mama Blog. I would also love to pray for you. Um, so if you would like to, you can send me um, any specific prayer requests that you might have um, in a message or comment. Um, but I truly, I do lift my community up daily and I would love to be able to pray for you specifically. Um, I pray that you would have a really good week. This episode will be longer. Um, I have been trying to keep them pretty short, um, but there wasn't quite enough to split this up. So this is longer. Um, yeah, I hope you have a great week.